This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. David Eichel, Sean Bach here, HawkeyeInsider.com, 24-7 Sports. On the eve of National Signing Day, uh, expected news, Sean, at least over the past 48 to 72 hours, but now it's been made official. Iowa's crown jewel of the 2023 class, number one offense tackle in the country, Caden Proctor, has officially decommitted from Iowa and has flipped his commitment to the Crimson Tide. Sean, it's been a little bit of a dramatic recruitment, especially over the past month, but there were good good vibes behind the scenes until maybe about three days ago. But uh, let's take a step back. You've covered this Proctor recruitment as well and more in-depth than anybody. Uh, so let's just give us – let's just go back and forth about the timeline of everything. Yeah, obviously last year the buzz really started that Penn State game where – Iowa seemed to have a really good lead for. I remember Caden texting me saying that Iowa was his leader at that point, and things really progressed well from there. I know Oregon was really involved during the spring before Proctor ended up committing. That was probably the school that made the biggest push. Alabama was in there as well, but I would say it was probably Iowa, Oregon, Alabama at that point. Then Penn State was also in there, but he never ended up making that visit. So really the three schools, I know he went on a couple of visits um, right before his junior season, but the three schools that were really in it the most um, and up until the end were Iowa, Oregon, and Alabama, which are three pretty name, pretty big name brand schools. And obviously Alabama and Oregon being bigger than Iowa in that regard, but obviously with the home state and the potential to come in and make an impact right away, was something that really sold I or sold Proctor on Iowa along with the relationships with the coaches. So he was uh, he was committed to Iowa, committed during this uh, after his official visit, like going into his closing meeting with Kirk Ferentz, committed there, stayed committed to Iowa throughout the summer. I went and did a story on him, or did an interview with him before his uh, after one of his high school practices at Southeast Polk, and he was telling me, hey, man, like I got a 1,300 on red text from these college coaches. And I really don't acknowledge any of them. I just kind of say I'm in with Iowa or that's where I'm going to end up going. And I didn't really think of anything at that point. But then once October hit, I don't want to say everything was Iowa not doing well offensively, but there started to become some rumblings at Iowa Things were a little shaky there. Oregon, Alabama obviously could have made a really strong push or at least a really strong pitch considering, hey, um, you know, Iowa is, you know, not that great offensively. Like, do you really want to play in an offense like that? And I think, you know, and rightfully so. I mean, Oregon got him on campus for an official visit. There was obviously yep. some buzz for the Ducks there, but that was one that caught a lot of people by surprise. And, you know, I think initially – Proctor. I know what Proctor told people is that 
this was kind of just a visit for him to get a free trip and see what see what's what. And you know, I respect that. That's that's something that you can you can do. Definitely warranted. And Adrian Clem did a really good job in that recruitment. The Oregon offensive line coach. So I think there was some talk of Oregon there. Then Alabama came coming in, and I think one of the things that really stood out with Alabama is yes, like they had a lot of guys under the portal, but that opened things up for Proctor to come in and, you know, make an impact. And Hey, like, yes, Iowa home state school, like you had a chance to start right away, but if you're going to Alabama and you have a chance to make an impact, you know, not everything's going to be given to you. Not nothing's going to be handed to you, but Alabama coming in and making that pitch is definitely, definitely something that, you know, makes you think about it. And Iowa felt pretty solid going into that visit. Obviously, you know, once once a school visits or once you go to a school right before signing day, you kind of get a little eerie. But Proctor was saying a lot of the right things behind the scenes, telling people that he's all in with Iowa, you know, nothing really to worry about. And, you know, comes back and then it's, then it's you know, he picks Bama. And that's just, that's just part of recruiting. And you know, I, I totally see from Caden's perspective what, why he made this decision. I mean, with the way that things kind of turned turned at uh, Alabama and the opportunity to play right away for a coach like Nick Saban and, you know, just to do what Alabama has done and compete on the national stage. I mean, he said in his recruiting, in his story with Steve Wilfong on his recruitment that, you know, he, he liked how he wasn't the only blue chipper in the class. I mean, I don't know how much of an impact it made in total, but I thought that was a really notable quote, how he kind of wanted to be guys that, um, you know, be around guys that could, you know, are the same, you know, level as him. And What do I always say, Sean? Dudes recruit dudes. Dudes want to play with dudes. Yeah. No, that's a, that was a big part. Um, Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely, definitely a gut punch. Um, you know, I don't think it'd be as big as a gut punch if, uh, you know, things maybe happened a little earlier in the cycle. But with it going all the way up to signing day, I mean, yeah, I know Iowa fans may not like this, but thank God for the transfer portal because Caden was going to come in and potentially make an impact as a day one starter, and now you kind of got to start from square one. But they're they're going to get traction. They'll get they'll get a guy or two, I think, to you know bolster that offensive line. So a couple of things, Sean. I think this is a very messy divorce between Kane and Iowa. I think there's no doubt about that. I mean, we've seen the deleted tweets from people in both camps. Uh, Kane can do what Kane wants to do. And I want to make sure that's that's perfectly clear and he's well within his rights. But Iowa does feel spurned and Sean, they they should. And that doesn't make Caden wrong. But Iowa should feel spurned. I mean, they spent time, resources, energy, a lot of money on his recruitment. This has been going on for three or four years. And Iowa got left to the altar. And it happens in recruiting. I mean, Iowa's been the case for, you know, some other teams about why they got left to the altar. Obviously not to the degree of a five-star number one offensive tackle in the country. But Iowa's done the same to teams before. It's a blow. I do think Iowa's recruiting class is still very good. I love Leighton Jones. Trevor Locke is a really, really good prospect. Iowa still has good guys on the offensive line. But I've also made this argument, Sean. This is something I wanted to talk about. Long term, I think it's worse that Iowa doesn't have Proctor than the short term. And what I mean by that 
is we thought Proctor was going to come in and start right tackle next year, right? We had no doubt, right? He was going to start. Yeah, I mean, so, at least be at least have the edge going into you know fall camp and whatnot. Yes. So you look at Iowa's schedule next year; it's favorable. It's the last year in divisions. You're starting a true freshman tackle. And this is the last year divisions. And if Iowa wants to get back to a Big Ten title and have a shot for the championship, next year is going to be its best bet, unless they get start getting top ten recruiting classes. It's better for Iowa next year to get a proven guy out of the portal to take over the right tackle spot than to have Proctor step in game one. It's going to hurt in the second or third year, but in terms of a one year, if you want to go all in to really, really try to win the Big Ten title, at least the Big Ten West title, it might actually be better that Proctor's not on campus. And I, again, I know how crazy that sounds. It's a massive blow of the recruiting class. It's a massive blow of the offensive line. But do you at least kind of see where I'm going with that? Yeah, no, I, I wrote something similar in my impact story. I said that I think the immediate blow is obviously going to hurt. But I also think after, like, if you get a guy in the portal, I think that's going to be a big help. But also to the point of, you know, this stuff's going to happen in recruiting, but I think you have a tool like the portal. Is this, It happened at a time where if this happened, you know, say a few years ago and the portal wasn't as relevant, then maybe that, this would have stung a little bit more. I mean, the timing of it obviously stings, but – no, I see. I see exactly what you're saying, and there's been circumstances where it's it hasn't helped Iowa. I mean, the one position that's really seemed to, you know, struggle on the offensive line has been that right tackle spot. That's been the case for the last two years. Proctor would have had a really good chance of taking over that spot starting role. You can get a guy in the portal to fill that, but also I think you got to think about you know how things have kind of gone at that position. I mean. Not to say that Cody Ince would have played, you know, this past season for Iowa at tackle, but you could have maybe switched things around a little bit to have someone more at, yeah. at right tackle. Maybe you could put Cody Ince there. Um, David Davikoff, obviously that stuff hasn't worked out with him and, you know, his situation. He was a guy that was expected to make a big jump had he been healthy. So there's just unfortunate circumstances that have really – you know, it seems like the right tackle position is honestly haunted at Iowa. I wonder since since uh, since Tristan left, since Tristan Worst left, it kind of seems like it's been haunted a little bit. Or it was real. It was yeah. No, it it has seemed like it's been yeah. haunted a little bit. <laughs> no, I think that's completely fair too. So again, I think the reality is it's a big blow of the recruiting class. I still think Iowa has plenty of good pieces and. You know, Sean, since we're here, we may as well touch. I mean, Iowa got a running back commit today, who I think is going to be a very, very good valued pickup for this team. I know you've been all over the recruitment, but his tape definitely pops. And this is a guy that probably should have gotten more attention on the recruiting trail than he did. Originally committed to Purdue, was a very versatile weapon for Wiley East down in Texas. I think 600 plus receiving yards, 600 plus rushing yards. You look at him with Jazzy on Patterson and Caleb Johnson. And obviously, Sean Williams is still in the mix, but that future, Liddell Betts, I think, has done a really, really good job. Maybe he's not getting the credit he deserves for for landing guys that he really, really wants and he feels he can mold. Yeah, how ironic is that? I know people brought it up on our message board that uh, Terrell Washington Jr. is from 
the same town as or same high school as you know benjamin who yeah. you know kind of had a similar yeah. I mean, obviously a different situation but and then this stuff coming up with proctor too so yeah no washington's a really really intriguing back i really like what he can do on the field i mean his breakaway speed is not anything crazy but he's really good in small spaces and you know can use his hands i think that's a really big thing with him is how well of a receiver he can be you know He's not just going to line up in the backfield, but he can play in the slot as well. And I think when you have those types of guys in your program, that can really lead to some interesting things on offense that you can do. So, no, I think that was a nice little capstone for for Iowa's recruiting class. And, again, Iowa's still hitting the portal. And, I again, I know you brought up a little bit earlier. I think it'd be a lot worse if Iowa was not willing to use the portal. But since their hands have been kind of tied and they have to, I think they've done a nice job of pursuing targets. They're still in the running for some people. And the reality is new targets are still going to pop up over these next couple of weeks. So I I guess, Sean, again, to sum it all up, it's a big loss. I think it's a bigger loss for the long-term future than the immediate future. Again, I know how weird that sounds. And it definitely is a messy, messy divorce between Iowa and 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 Kane Proctor in his camp. Yeah, I mean, I think this Iowa offensive line class in 2023, I think there's someone that we need to be talking about more, and that's Trevor Lauk out of Indianapolis, yeah. Ron Colley. He's a four-star on the 24-7 sports composite. He's a really, really good piece. I think if Proctor hadn't been this class, he'd be someone that's more talked about. Lauk is all of six foot six, 280 pounds. Saw him in person a couple weeks ago just a dude like he looks like a dude and he's he had a really good senior year he's gonna be a really good piece I know he's not really expecting to play this coming year but I think he's a chance he can make his way on the depth chart as a uh as you know maybe a second year guy and potentially put that right tackle spot I think he'd be a really good piece there no doubt so David Eichel Sean Bach HawkeyeInsider.com signing day is tomorrow Wednesday December 21st, we have a ridiculous amount of con- content planned, Sean, as as we always do. And then it's going to be even crazier with this winter storm. And then obviously Iowa basketball plays at 2.30. So there's going to be plenty, plenty of reading material at HawkeyeInsider.com. Get 50% off an annual subscription today. Uh, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know, Iowa is expected to sign all of their commits tomorrow. So that should be, you know, that'll be a day of celebration for those guys. Obviously, we'll touch a little bit more on the Proctor stuff, but the focal point of our coverage, I want to make sure this is clear, is going to be on the guys that are actually going to Iowa. So stay locked in to HawkeyeInsider.com for that. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.